0: everybody, welcome back to Pagan Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan and I am joined by the wonderful and very talented Jackie Smith, who is the founder of Coventry Creations and has also wrote the beautiful book, The Big Book of Candle Magic, which we're going to talk all about. You're going to get to hear all the cool stuff. And we're going to talk a lot about candle magic and why it's important to your craft. So Jackie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so
0: excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here, too, and it's so funny when um, Wiser said, hey, we think you're going to like this book, and I said, okay, cool, and I'm like, I don't really know the author, and they're like, oh, they're the founder of Coventry Creations, and I'm like, the candle company? I've been buying their candles forever so it's kind of cool because i'm a huge fan of your candles i'm a huge fan of your company and now i get to kind of fangirl out over your book
1: <laughs> oh, i'm so excited i'm so excited. we've been around for a minute this is our 30th year oh Coming my goodness wow
0: 30. that is so awesome and you know it's funny because when i first got started in my own witchcraft journey we had this little itty bitty teeny tiny uh witchcraft store in my town that carried your candles and I would go in there and I'm like, well, I don't really know how to write my own spells. I don't really know how to do any of this. It's all one and done. Comes attached mm-hmm. with the spell. I can burn the candle and it's good.
1: And <laughs> It was so yeah. great. And they that was, that was so my goal. Good. <laughs> that was my goal for these. And you can also add them to a bigger spell yes. too, which is awesome. You can really craft um, your spell and know that this is a great foundation that you can count on. It adds you can add more stuff to it, you can add more oils and herbs to it, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, it's a good foundation for whatever you're going to do, or like I said, set it and forget it. Well, no, forget it, never yeah, leave a, burning, never candle leave a burning candle on <laughs> uh,
0: But you can do your spell and um, not have to really you know put a whole bunch of time and focus and energy, which you could, but you know, in today's busy world, sometimes you only have five minutes and you can set your candle to burn in front of you while you're working or whatever you need to do but you need to do a quick one and done kind of spell these mm-hmm. candles are ideal for that and I love that uh, back in the day I don't even know if you guys still do this because I haven't bought one in a minute um, but you guys used to have the little votives that had the spell attached to them and it was just rubber banded to the candle which was so awesome but <laughs> it was so yep. easy going do you guys still do that?
1: We we definitely have our uh, votives. They're still they're still part of our our um, offerings. Sometimes the stores leave them in the box, and sometimes stores will rubber band the little the little slip that comes with the box of votives on it. Mm-hmm. That
0: is so awesome! I absolutely love it. So let's talk about your book. Obviously, you've been in the candle making industry and the witchcraft industry for quite some time. Uh, what kind of prompted you to write this book?
1: A lot of it was because we're, here we are at our 30th year, um, and it's a celebration of those 30 years of of making candles, ma- magical intent candles, intentional candles. And um, I, 10 years ago, I did Coventry Magic, which is another book on on magic. It's candles, herbs, and oils. And this one, I just wanted to do just candle magic um, and really focus in on all the really cool things you can do with candles. And yeah. I make a certain style of candle absolutely that's what i do yet i'm not you know i there's lots of room for many styles of candles i'm not jealous of any other candles out there um i just know that that candle magic is so awesome because it's it's one of the few magics that you can do where you can really watch your magic manifest mm-hmm. as that candle burns down or gets consumed Maybe you're gonna use a pillar that drips and you're gonna see little shapes that that you know form on the sides of your candles or maybe you're gonna look at the wax drippings at the end or there's so many different things you can do to watch your magic in action. It's just a visceral experience. Heaven and earth coming together. I absolutely
0: love that. And it's so true. You know, I I remember when there was a few times when I would do um the candle wax divination with the votives, I would actually just let the it drip into the bowl of water and kind of see what came out of it and kind of infuse the magical energy to kind of figure that out. But I I have to say out of my the entirety of your book, which the book is fantastic everybody you need to go pick up a copy it is worth every single penny i promise you go buy a copy i actually got so much out of this and i've been practicing for a long time but there were still things i'm like huh i never thought about doing it that way that's Mm -hmm. cool and literally just so great but i think my favorite chapter was your divination chapter
1: Oh, cool. And I'm,
0: talking about okay. how you use the tarot and the pendulum and all the different forms of divination to work into your actual candle magic. So do you want to talk a little bit about that uh, and kind of give everybody a, a little preview?
1: Well, I yes, I love that. I love that piece of, um, I love divination too. So I'm a sucker for that. Candle magic and divination go hand in hand for me. And one of the things that I do when i'm doing magic is i actually ask is this a good idea um do not only that is this spell complete is this going to get me where i want to go and so i've i've built over the years good relationships with my ancestors and the and i call them my spiritual court my spiritual allies and um, different folks that i work with that are on the other side that watch out for me and Mm -hmm. and i say hey do I have this right? Is there something I should add? Is there something I should take away? And so there's many different ways that you can go about um, doing that, and it's not just one way or the other. And and I was fascinated over the years. I've learned many things, like how fun is it to just use dice? How mm-hmm. how cool is that to be able to grab some dice from that Yahtzee game you don't use? And um and and then. And use it for divination purposes, or or the three pennies that are sitting in the bottom of your purse, or the five pennies that are sitting in the bottom of your purse, mm-hmm. and um, and and say, okay, is this the is this the right way? Also, if if you're doing something big, especially if you're mad, maybe you're doing a little revenge or something, ask first before you do something from a a big emotional state. Ask if this is in your highest good. If this is gonna work out the way you want it to, because there's times when I do that, I'm like, Ooh, I gotta get them, you know, in my <laughs> head. And and I will ask, um, is this something that is this a good idea? And I usually phrase it, I, I'm really careful in how I phrase it to be a yes or no answer. I try not to leave it too open-ended. Um, is this spell that I'm going to cast? going to backfire on me is this going to get my desired result or of blah 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 Mm -hmm. and I or am I too emotionally distraught to be affected effective in this spell and I sometimes I get no no you may not you may (laughs) do not do this spell and uh and then and then sometimes I'll ask well what if I do it anyway (laughs) And, oh, um, no, <laughs> and, and uh, y- you know, what would happen if I, and so, okay, I won't do it, but what what did I avoid? And, and sometimes I get answers that are like, ooh, I dodged that bullet. Um, <laughs> yeah, but ask, it's okay to ask. And there's, I mean, you can use tarot, you can use regular, um, uh, different uh, oracles and divination. Like I said, pennies, um, uh, you can use dice. It's just so it's fun, and and then pendulums and try out different things, see what you like. I had so much fun playing with a dice. Oh my gosh, um, I've used dice before, and I was um, I took this class, and this this one gal who is teaching us how to throw dice in this wood bowl, and it and it they talked about where it landed in the bowl and everything, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't retain enough, nor did I have permission to use her teachings in the book so i i um started looking and do, doing the experiments of um what if i just use dice on a cloth and and i've been playing with that for a while and using dice dice's divination tool has been going on since there were dice since there was gambling yep. so it was fun just and i got it was so accurate because when i was playing writing this book i would i would pull some tarot cards I would throw the coins and I would um, throw the dice and then I would check with the pendulum and it was insane how much they lined up. It was scary. I
0: love when divination does that. It's so exciting to kind of be like, hey, I'm asking this question, but I'm going to ask it through like five or six divination just to make sure that my guides are all on the same page. Mostly it's just, you know, to make sure that it's not me influencing it. But, you know, at the same time Uh you ask it and everything lines up and then you're like, oh. Well, that's mm-hmm. just statistically impossible that all of that would right. line up properly or you use three or four tarot decks and you pull the same cards out of every single deck. And you're like, that is statistically impossible. That cannot happen. What the yeah. heck?
1: Yes. <laughs> and it works out. Uh, every yes, it's time. crazy. <laughs> and so when I was when I was testing this theory, before, as I was writing the book, I said, well, let me just test this. And I did it several times in a row, several days in a row. Not, I, I gave myself some rest between because, you know, you can. You can influence stuff and you can make stuff happen energetically. Like you said, I would, when I pulled the cards, I would not flip them over. So I pulled tarot cards without flipping them over. And then I would throw the coins and then I would, and without looking it up and I just wouldn't look at them. And then I would do the dice and then I would one by one look at them. So the throw wouldn't be influenced by the past results.
0: That's smart.
1: That's really smart. And and so then I would look, so I'd I'd toss the coins and then I wouldn't look at them. And then I'd toss the dice and then I would do the, without looking at them. And then I would use the pendulum because the pendulum you got to look at. So that was the last thing I would do. And then I would do the pendulum, get the answer, and then I would move backwards. And then the tarot would say exactly what everyone else said, which was kind of insane. So many days in a row, I got the same, same, same.
0: That is so awesome. And, and, you know, that's a really very valid thing that we do a lot of times when we're playing with tarot and stuff like that we will flip the card over and go oh my you got the devil oh my you got the tower oh my you got this <laughs> and then you'll flip the next one you're like oh wow yeah you, you got the you know nine of swords over here are you okay like are you good and then the whole <laughs> reading is influenced because of that one card and the associations with that card so yeah. i really like i think i might actually implement that now just pull them all and then be like okay now we're gonna flip them
1: all because they can't be influenced Right anything Right, right. <laughs> right. and i I love um I use tarot and magic a lot, too, my candle spells. Mm-hmm. So, um I will, and actually, when I'm doing a tarot reading, whether it's for myself or someone else, sometimes if we don't like the outcome, I don't I think that I fully believe this is my belief system. So you don't like what's happening, change it. Let's change it. So and I will pull other cards out of the deck during a reading and, or at the end of the reading and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to cross this energy with this, or we're going to do this, or, and then we'll set up a spell and I'll have the client take a picture of it. And, um, and then, okay, go home and get, pull these cards out of your own deck or go get a deck, pull these cards out, put this candle in the middle of it and, and build this energy to, um, erase or counter, um, the, um, the other energy in your life. It's great. It works really, really well. That is you're super a, cool. If you're having like some bad luck or some bad health, um you there's because a tarot is just a big storyboard, right? Mm-hmm. Um so you pull out the if you know tarot, pull out the cards that represent maybe it's just the, maybe all you need is the tower card. My life is falling <laughs> apart. Um oh, <laughs> and you pull pull out the cards that represent how you feel about the situation and maybe the people and the players. And then and then you pull out the cards of the result that you want, the change that you want, and you cover it with that, and then and then you um, can use like a a change candle. I have a candle called Needed Change, mm-hmm. um, and or or other stuff. Maybe it's a spiritual cleansing. Maybe it's a reversing. Maybe it's whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, maybe it's a success. Think about um, like let yourself kind of get really creative. Maybe it's you're gonna get um, a black to white candle so you're going to change it that way or you're going to get uh maybe um a pink magenta red candle or just like watch something change and, and you're just going to get three colors of candles and you're going to let this one burn that one so you have this you're you're experiencing that change um so you're going to step through the process i love stepped spells because it can see how interactive that is mm-hmm. like like maybe i'm um being um not as aggressive about something or not, maybe not verbal about something that I need to be. And I need to be more aggressive on, on um, speaking my truth. So I might say, grab um, a, a, a really light blue votive or chime candle, and then I'll grab maybe a green vote chime candle, and then I'll grab a dark blue chime candle. And so the first day I'm going to light that and I'll have my tarot laid out of being more vocal. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it's maybe it's, I'm the, um, the queen of swords. She always says what she wants to say. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'll first, first day I'll light that really light blue candle that says, well, I'm not really speaking my truth too much. I'm being a, a, a like, like my, uh, throat chakra is a little light, And then um, I'll light the green candle to kind of help my heart get a little, my my emotions get a little stronger. And then the third day, I'll light that dark blue candle, which really kind of opens up that, my personal truth. You know, I'm just, I'm playing in this, Mm -hmm. in this exact moment, but (laughs) I love these little step things. And because the chime candles are great for stepped spells like that, because you're very interactive. You're very, you're doing things specifically because they're short boom, you're done in a couple mm-hmm. of hours, and then you can do the next one and the next one. So they're really great for that to be very interactive.
0: That is a really great way to do that too. Um, you know, kind of playing off of it, you know, ways to direct and change your energy as well and using the tarot. Uh, One time I was just not having a great life moment as we often do. And <laughs> so I took my tower card and I pointed it upward at the top of my altar and I put a qu- quartz uh point on it and I pointed it away from me and I basically put in this energy that I'm like all this tower energy that I'm dealing with I am sending it out to the universe to deal with cuz I'm done I don't want to do it anymore Okay. uh, we're done and so surprisingly enough you know as sometimes you'll have those moments where you're like I don't know how well this is going to work because you're playing with it and uh, I really like in your book how you said that you know there's no such thing as a spell going wrong it's just a learning experience Mm -hmm. and this was one of those moments of I don't know if this is going to work or if it's going to back it worked so well it was disturbing it kind of scared me I was like oh shit wow that works so well okay Um, the
1: render is Surrender is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Some of my most magical, powerful moments was when I surrendered the outcome. I surrendered trying to control it, trying to contain it, trying to be strong, all that. I just surrendered. I'm like, that's it. I've had enough. If you want me to be happy, Then make, you know, just like the whole thing, having that, having the temper tantrum, I, I'm not fighting anymore, but how, how amazing when you give up that fight, because sometimes that fight stops you from really fully embracing the energy that's already around you. Cause you're so used to fighting Mm -hmm. that you're not allowing the magic that you're manifesting to enter and actualize. It's true.
0: Yeah. You you know, and there's a lot of times that you could almost be your own hindrance with your magic and having that kind of energy where you're just like, I keep doing the spell, but nothing seems to be working. Have you checked on you? That's Mm -hmm. a good question, truthfully, because a lot of times they'll be like, well, I'm trying, I'm doing the thing, I've got the job, I'm trying to bring the money in, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that, but nothing seems to be working, and you get so frustrated, and you get so angry, and you're Mm -hmm. just, you get really angry at the universe, and your guides, and your deities, and everybody, and you're like, why aren't you helping me, why aren't you doing something, and it's like, have you checked to see if you're the problem? yeah. And it's sometimes that's the case. And of course, nobody likes to admit that they're the problem. Nobody wants to admit that they're the drama. Nobody wants to do that. But sometimes we, as practitioners, we do have to really check in on ourselves and be like, is it me? Am I the one holding
1: everything back? Taking your own inventory (laughs) as it were. So what is, so I have, I have a question for you. Yes, of course. What is your favorite way of getting past that? Magically.
0: Um, a lot of times, if I'm the drama, if I'm the problem, and I'm the one who's in my own way, I literally have to kind of go through and do almost a full inventory of me. And that might sound really confusing or even really daunting to those who are listening, but it's kind of a little bit of a cross between shadow work and also uh, just really kind of tuning into you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. As somebody who's neurodivergent, I often will get very overwhelmed very easily, and I will not realize why I'm overwhelmed, but I get very upset because of the fact that I can hear everything, the world is not playing nice, just everything feels wrong, and I don't know what the initial cause was, so I have to retrace all those steps and go, oh is this that's the problem and in magic I have to kind of do the same kind of thing I have to retrace all of the parts of me and go you're angry about this and this is what you're holding on to and you're trying so hard to fix this one problem but you have no control over it you need to just let go and it takes a minute and it's not something that you can be like oh I'm just going to check in an hour later you know the problem it might take months for you to figure out and that's the thing. You have to kind of check in. And I tried to do like a weekly check-in once I started doing this because now I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I'm all, all the stuff is there. Am I holding on to stuff that's good for me? Am I holding on to things that are appropriate? Um, mm-hmm. If not, I need to figure out how to let that go. And sometimes, yeah, like let's, for example, let's say that you are dealing with an individual who is just not the greatest person to have in your life. We're not talking like, you know, full blown narcissist or anything like that. We're just talking like a person that's not really good for you. They, Mm -hmm. when you're around them, they don't really make you feel great. You feel like you're constantly competing or anything like that. Any kind of those individuals that just really aren't good for you. You kind of need to take a step and go, why am I hanging around this person? yeah am i afraid to be alone like am i afraid to lose a friendship or am i afraid to lose a relationship with it is it you know this if it's let's say, say it's your boss if is this job right for you and sometimes you have to ask yourself those hard questions and sometimes the best way to fix the problem is to walk away
1: yeah those are those are really um good hard questions those mm-hmm. are that is so much a part of magic that, um, r- magical practitioners who are looking to heal what's going on. So, so to me, magic is the same thing as healing mm-hmm. when you are looking to transform your life. Sure. There's absolutely bandaid magic is what I call it, where, you know, you're going to light a quick candle to get a date or money or just <laughs> whatever, resolve a yeah. quick <laughs> issue. We We all do that. We all need that at times. I love to use magic um, to heal the thing that I always need to Mm band-aid. Because if you have a need for magic, then there's something that needs to be addressed or healed.
0: I think that's a very accurate statement. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard this term, but uh, I heard somebody say that witchcraft is essentially just spicy psychology. (laughs) <laughs> and which is pretty true because we're all out here trying to transmute or you know basically use magic to improve our lives in some way mm-hmm. shape or form and that's essentially what psychology does it just tries to improve your mental health and yeah. so yeah witchcraft is spicy oh. psychology
1: <laughs> it is it is i am I, I blend that that psychology um you can even call it pop psychology with with a magical practice because the two for me go hand in hand it's um you can't for me i can't have one without the other Mm -hmm. i really need to understand why i'm doing the things the way i'm doing it or maybe why um way back in the day this spell started out this way why or and so most of the spells that we do um it's so cute when they call this low magic but um but this folk magic, candle magic is folk magic. Mm-hmm. It It is. And folk magic is when you take the stuff that's around you, you throw open your cupboards and pull open your junk drawer and you look and see what you have and build a spell with that. That's considered folk magic. You know, um, high magic it makes me laugh when they call this low magic. And I'm like, well, this is the stuff that works. It works fast. <laughs> high magic is, is the stuff that the more ceremonial where mm-hmm. you're going to write it out and memorize it and do the real specific things in the specific ways. And, and that's all well and good. I'm I'm not going to begrudge anyone doing any, any of the high magic stuff that they do. It's not my taste. It doesn't bring me joy and it brings many, many people joy. So rock on, yes. rock on with your high magic soul. So this, this uh, folk magic really ties in with that um, mental and emotional response to things it to me it's very tied in with psychology and even like going back in the day of the um the similarities of things the um that those those signatures of like well, why did they call five finger grass five finger grass because it looks like it have five fingers you mm-hmm. know things like that um uh, why does mandrake root called mandrake root because it looks like a man um that kind of thing yes but uh, so those kind of things. And then, it, then it really speaks to how you use it. Um, that's all of that folk magic. And so that 100% lends itself to psychology. And, and if you look at uh, even Jung, he was raised by a spiritualist and a Kabbalist. So he was raised with these magical principles to get, get his psychological principles. So um, even Maslow, he studied with native tribes, first mm-hmm. nations tribes to get his um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So it's full circle. So the, these magical principles, I mean, so the psychological principles came from early magical practices or, or shamanic practices and, these folk magic practices. And, um, if we go back in history, the shamans, the wise women, the folks in the middle of the woods (laughs) doing their folk magic stuff, they're who you went to. And they counseled as much as they built spells for you. And those spells are very psychological at the same time. So that spicy psychology is magic 1000%. And that's the first part of the big book of candle magic is going right into that. Mm -hmm magical psychology of why, why do you need this? And, and how do you start filling those gaps in your life and filling those deficiencies or healing those deficiencies and, and get to really effective candle spells?
0: It's very true. And it, I do like that you mentioned all of that in your book as well, because I think that a lot of times as magical practitioners, uh, we forget that we have to take care of our needs and that's why we're trying to do the prosperity spells because we all got to pay our bills. You know, we got to make sure that we got food on our table, a roof over our head. And you know, that's all prosperity stuff. And then, you know, you also want to make sure that wherever you are, that you're, you know, cultivating the good energy so you get your happy home kind of stuff which you know it's so funny thinking back to the happy home candles that you guys make um, which were one of my favorite ones to put on my kitchen altar forever uh, until I kind of started working with my own and so they were absolutely my favorite things I would light a candle and then you know if my home needed some good cleansing I would revert back to those folk magic practices which Interestingly enough, my grandmother was not a witch, but I swear that she was raised by one because of the fact that everything she did was what we would classify as witchcraft now. Um, mm-hmm. She just said it was tradition. And I'm like, huh, okay. But one of her right. favorite things to do was if the home felt off, she would go make two loaves of bread. And you can make as many as you'd like, but she'd do two. One... She would feed to the birds. She would put it outside for the animals. And that was the one that absorbed all the ickiness in the house when you first made it. And the second one was to bring the goodness and comfort and love and good feelings of everything into the house when it baked. And truth be told, there is nothing that smells better in the house besides cinnamon rolls and fresh baked bread.
1: Right. Oh, just, just, I can smell it. Just you describing (laughs) that, I can smell fresh baked bread. Mm -hmm. And I can have, I'm having that reaction of like, of, of the joy that that brings. And hopefully everyone who's listening has had the joy, (laughs) excuse me, of walking into a house that has fresh baked bread.
0: Yes. And honestly, if you've never made fresh baked bread in your house, you're like, oh, it's too much work or it's too hard or I'm terrible at baking. There's actually some really easy bread recipes out there. Most of them are called peasant breads. Uh, mm. They're ridiculously easy and you don't need a whole lot of like actual bread knowledge to make them. So if you There's- want to try them, I
1: recommend those. And if you don't even want to do that, go to the freezer section. Oh, yes. Get the frozen, uncooked <laughs> loaves that you put on the cookie sheet and you let them defrost and rise and you bake them and you have fresh baked bread.
0: It's true. Absolutely. And if you're someone that's like, well, I don't really want a whole loaf because I live by myself,
1: bake biscuits.
0: It works just yeah. the same. Oh, yeah. Absolutely or, or the same. that
1: frozen loaf in half.
0: There you go. All of that. It works. It's mm-hmm.
1: so, so easy to do this. And, you know, um, these things. Or share are, the loaf. Yeah, share you the loaf. Yes. Biggest The biggest, one of the best spells you can do is to share something with someone where you keep part and you share the rest. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, um, that, do you know that that is some of the original prosperity spells sharing Yep, it, what it says to you and the universe is I have more than enough. And when you are standing in the belief and the understanding that you have more than enough and you're sharing with someone else, then the universe says, Oh, guess what? You have more than enough. I will maintain that because what we believe we manifest. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Not only that, it's just good nature stuff. And this is something that I always encourage anybody who's a magical practitioner to try to just be a good human. Mm -hmm. Be a good human. And if you bake something, bake some for your neighbors. Next door neighbors will probably thank you. Hopefully they will. Hopefully they're good people too. But, you know, in today's world, kindness goes a lot farther than you think it would.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the other, one of my other favorite magics I do is, and I do combine this with candle magic quite a bit. And I, actually I do this on a daily basis. One of the first things I do every day is I state my gratitude, mm-hmm. um, as I light my candle for the day. And, um, that puts me in a place of, um, of, a abundance of love, abundance of self. Um, grat- gratitude is hugely magic. And I, I've been doing the gratitude magic since before it got popular. Um, <laughs> so, And I'm not saying that to, to say, oh, uh, look at me, I'm better than everyone else. But to say, I've been doing this for such a long time. I understand now why it's gotten really popular. It's super important when uh, and I forgot about gratitude for a while and I became very miserable and very poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, even if your gratitude is that you are breathing oxygen, you're breathing. I woke up today and I am taking a breath, which um, is, there's, you know, especially during, it actually was my big gratitude during the early days of COVID because so many people were, that was, cause I, I did have COVID. So that mm-hmm. was really easy to be grateful but I could take a deep breath without coughing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that became a huge piece of gratitude for me um, as I was recovering. Uh, but, but like those are simple things that the the sun is shining or that it's raining today. And now I take the thing that is challenging me the most and I, and I'm grateful for it. Like I'm so grateful that I'm being challenged with blah, blah, blah today because I know that I am going to learn something and I know that I'm going to be stronger for it. Um, and it's amazing how, when I do that, when I stop and take a moment and say, I'm really grateful for this challenge, um, I tend to work it out faster or answer comes to me or support comes to me.
0: It's so true. I mean, honestly, like there's a lot of times that. I will have to kind of remind myself to do the gratitude thing, though, especially on the days where I'm like, I don't feel good. I'm not happy today. My body hates me. My brain hates me. I'm not happy. And then it's like, but you were able to get up and walk today which is actually a big feat. Many of my listeners know that I have multiple sclerosis. And so sometimes getting up to be able to like have the legs work properly is quite the feat. Um, And so it's one of those things that, you know, remembering to just be like, thank you for letting the legs work today. Nothing else works, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that's, that I don't have to do anything else except walk
1: today. <laughs> that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. I it's gratitude is a line in my planner. It's it's um you know you as you plan in my day as I plan in my day or whatever. Um, it's literally the the one of the first things I do. I open up my planner to my page. I set the date. I find my gratitude.
0: There was a uh, episode that I've done for my show gosh, probably at the very beginning, which so many people have loved, uh, which was, you know, your favorite daily magic kind of practice. And obviously your sounds like it's one of your gratitude things. Do you have any other favorite daily kind of magics that you just do every day that are just a part of your routine?
1: I say hello to as many people as I can. I, I come in and I walk through um our place. We have a a ten thousand square foot factory mm-hmm. where we make all of our candles and and I have many altars here to maintain our sacred space. But the big part of maintaining our sacred space is I walk through and I say good morning and hello to everyone, and that's honestly a big part of my magical practice mm-hmm. because it it um gets me connected with the magic that's here of the work that we're doing. It keeps me humble because I can't do this without everyone who works here. Mm -hmm. I am nothing without this entire team. I'm just somebody with some ideas and um, that the ideas are easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ideas are like Skittles. (laughs) They're everywhere. So, um, so it's, it's our, the team that, that is the facilitators of all those ideas that saying hello and then being um finding something joyful in in the people I meet on a daily basis. Um part of uh, when I like I'm going to the I went to the market and the woman who was checking me out at the market today, um I just she was just whatever was about her, I I said, Wow, you just are really glowing today. Thank you so much for making my day brighter. And she just looked at me like, what? <laughs> like, oh my God. And she was really touched. But it was like I look for things in people to remind them that they are magical. And that mm-hmm. becomes a huge part of my own wild magic. Um it it just I love I love inciting those feelings in other people. And then it's incited in me naturally mm-hmm. at that point. It just grows around me. So that those are the two things that finding my gratitude. And then as I find my gratitude, I can, I can find, I can be grateful for things in other people because I so easily find, um, through the training of my, of my mother, who is a very negative person. Mm-hmm. And I, we would walk down the street and she would point out all the negative things about people mm-hmm. and she would point out all the negative things about me. And so I grew up finding all the negativity in people like, wow, look at that. La, 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 la. So this was a retraining of, um, it's so easy to find negativity everywhere. So I flip that to finding positivity and that helps me stay in a place of, of gratitude as much as possible. Because finding negativity, I don't have to work hard at that. It just finds me.
0: You know, that's something that I think especially as. Is- crazy as the world is right now um there's a lot of negative out there so it is really easy to just kind of sink into that negative and just be like i don't want to deal with the world today the world is yucky there's this going on there's that going on i don't want to touch it and i think that we forget that there's also a lot of good out there too because Mm -hmm. the negative shines so much brighter and it's so much louder and you know the positive stuff might be small it might just be that little candle glowing in the window, but it's that little candle glowing in the window that makes you smile.
1: It you know, and it's not false positivity. I mean, there's days when mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not okay. Yeah. And when I'm not okay, I say, hey, I'm I'm having a not okay day. But because I'm there for people and because I look for the positivity in other people, if I then am honest with the people around me and saying I'm not okay today. It's it's kind of like um, a call to arms. <laughs> it's like that's so awesome. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying it happens all the time. Sometimes I'm not okay, and I don't tell anybody, and mm-hmm. I'm just just gonna be not okay by myself. And and I think that's really a valid um, place to just to just to sit in the funk, sit in the mm-hmm. suck for a second. Um, sitting in, I, I just call it sitting in the sock because it reminds you of. Uh, we grow. I think we grow in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't stay in positivity all the time. It's just a big part of my magic. I Um, mean, and that's completely
0: valid. That is totally valid to be, you know, to also, because magic is also about balance. You can't mm-hmm. just be a light and positive all the time because then you're ignoring sometimes some suffering that's happening around you and you're just like, no, I'm not going to see it because I'm going to be a happy person. There yeah. are a lot of people that choose that mindset. Not to say that you're bad individuals. We're just saying that you have to have the balance. You have to be well, like, it's okay to be both. Well,
1: If you think about it, plants don't grow in the light. Mm-hmm. Generally. I know there's exceptions to the rule. I don't want to know about it, Um, but in, in general terms, plants grow in the dark. Mm -hmm. So we don't grow from, um, we don't grow from constant success. We grow from the times that, um, we, um, we fail or we are struggling. Mm
0: -hmm. It's true. That's where we grow. It is very true. So, you know, it's such an amazing experience to kind of think about all the different ways that, you know, magic can touch our lives because, you know, there's a lot of times out there that when you look at magic, especially if you're somebody who's new to magic, you you think, oh, well, I just have to have this set time, the set space. I have to do this thing on the moon and I have to do this thing on the Sabbath and I have to do. No, no. (laughs) <laughs> just know <laughs> it is every day all day long as much as you want or as much as you li- as little as you want but it can mm-hmm. be a part of every aspect of your life and you know on the show we always talk about how uh your magic is your way you know obviously jackie's mm-hmm. net magic is not my way we have similarities yes but it's not my way my magic is not going to be her way and that's okay your magic is your way and that's the best way to be
1: I love that sentiment. That's what, if there's one thing that I would love for people to take out away from my book is that you get to be the decider of your own magic. Mm-hmm. You um, challenge the status quo of what um, seems normal to you and find out what works for you. Find out if, if green is really the color of prosperity for you.
0: Might be purple. It might not be. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it might be purple. It might be, it might be, you know, uh, bright red or pink. You know, whatever your color is, that's the thing. Though some people don't see colors exactly the same, and this is scientific. That what some person sees as lime green, somebody else sees as a different color of green.
1: Exactly, because their brain interprets it differently. In the big book of Candle Magic, I have a section on colors. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about in the book, it's a big deal is that um, we have um, five different branches of magic, prosperity, protection, um, love, Mm -hmm. healing and clearing. So everything that we do, um, you're gonna go in one of those five directions in whatever spell you're doing. So I took every aspect of your spell from color, to herbs and oil, to the maybe tarot that you're using in there, or the moon that you're, maybe the moon, that the sign that the moon is in, et cetera. And how could you use that item in any one of those five directions? So my section on color shows you how to use pink for prosperity, how to use purple <laughs> for, for protection, how to use pink for protection. You know, you don't think about how you can use it because maybe all you have in your hand is a pink candle and mm-hmm. you need a protection spell. So how do you use pink for protection? Well, and, and this is my idea of how you can use pink for protection. And, um, and it's okay if that inspires you to something different. That's my hope. I think that I that's
0: hope. so valid and so beautiful. And I love that too, because, you know, and even how you also broke down in your Uh, Book all the different types of candles and what you could use them for why you could use them if you want to make your spell teeny tiny from a birthday candle all the way to extravagant to a seven-day candle and everything in between There's so many ways that we can do that and I love the fact that it's not a set in stone This color has to match this intention and it's it's your magic your way. I Mm -hmm. love it. I love it It's so beautiful
1: Absolutely. Uh, and um magic is very um mutable and moldable. Mm-hmm. Um, think about any there's a couple of different herbs that have like a million different uses. Frankincense is one of them, patchouli is another. um lavender is another, depending on mm-hmm. what book you read is what you use it for. And um, somebody had to decide that frankincense is good for prosperity <laughs> and for exorcism, yes. <laughs> The patchouli is good for repelling and attracting, you know, depending on what book you're reading. So um, be the decider of this. How, does this. how does this herb or oil or color vibrate for you? How does it feel for you for this spell also? So it might work like, like that patchouli might work as a repellent in this spell, but it might work as an attractant in this spell. Mm-hmm so it's tuning into the spirit of each one of your ingredients and how does it want to work for this and you can use your pendulum or your divination tools with each ingredient too um, there's times when like oh this this just doesn't feel right i before i blend ingredients i'll lay them out i'll put you know sometimes it's just a paper plate and i'll put little dribs and drabs on a paper plate and say okay does this feel does this feel good and like, maybe one of them doesn't, and then I'll just take it off. I'm like, okay, this feels better. So sometimes I just pull stuff on and off and I'm like, well, that's so weird that, you know, this prosperity spell does not want basil. Basil's my <laughs> go-to. Why not? Oh, because it needs, because this prosperity spell is not about the basil energy. It's about, you know, this energy over here. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what you said, you know, even at the very start of your book of, you know, just play with it, experiment and see what works best for you. Truthfully, there are some things that I use as far as like herbs and stuff goes. Like, for example, I use peppermint in protection. And a lot of people are like, well, hey, you know, that could be, but it's probably not. It's more prosperity energy. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also spicy and it can burn you if you get enough of it. And, you know, like I, if I'm trying to put some protection energy out there and I obviously want to ward something away, I might throw some of that in there with some black pepper and turn this whole shebang into super spicy. Why? Because it deters things. Some people don't like it. Some energies don't like it. Some animals don't like it. It's too strong for them. It's too potent. They don't like the way it makes their nose cold and their mouth cold. And just, no, they don't like it. So I throw that in there. And then sometimes I'll do the same thing and be like, hey, I want to throw some spearmint into this prosperity blend over here. Yeah, it's green. Yeah, it works. It totally is fine. Why? Because it's spicy and I want to attract all that great spicy energy. That's why. Yep. Just I, use what feels right to you.
1: I use peppermint and clearing and protection all the time, PS. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um because it, it's a very clearing, I well so I use peppermint personally, personal opinion, personal choice, when I need to clear stuff like Mm -hmm. items that like um like a couch or a desk or you know like i i use peppermint over anything else it i find that it works really good on objects yes it does and and then it yes it it works great for for prosperity and i think it works great for prosperity because it clears your mind Mm -hmm. very good at clearing um obsessive thoughts And if we can clear our obsessive thoughts and worries about prosperity issues or love issues, boy, that stuff just, it just changes the game. Like, like stop worrying about it, let it go. And then when, once you let it go, um, surrender it as it were, as we talked about it full circle, suddenly things just start working out.
0: It's funny that you're talking about this. And I think to one of my like favorite kind of clearing blends, Um, especially if you have those obsessive thoughts and those intrusive thoughts and my favorite blend is peppermint, uh, or spearmint so that I can use either one depends on what I have in stock and Mm -hmm. lavender and rosemary. That's like one of my favorite blends for kind of clearing out those intrusive thoughts and kind of cleansing away, especially stagnant energy. You know, if you ever Mm -hmm. have that stagnant energy that you're just like, I don't like it. It feels stuffy and everything just is yucky and I don't want to deal with it. Create, yes. like, a room spray or even just, like, a powder to, like, sprinkle over everything. Trust me, it works wonders. I think,
1: <laughs> I think rosemary has got it, – it, I don't think. I know rosemary is in my top 5 Mm-hmm. And then um, I love cypress for that same thing. So oh, cypress yes. is amazing with grief. And um, I think people don't realize they're grieving. Mm-hmm. I think we grieve a lot of things and um, we think grief is just for, you know, when, when grandma Hildy died, you know, and, and um, we're, we're going to grieve that. And we have four days because that's how much time we're allowed off of work. And then we have to get our poop in a group and move on. <laughs> Such um, <a> great statement. <laughs> But, but that's not what grief is. Grief is, um, grief is so much more complex than all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think we grieve things like the best example I have for you is, is back in 2014 in Michigan, we had a huge flood. We got a month's worth of rain in an hour.
0: Oh my God.
1: And I got four feet of water in my basement. And in my basement, I have I ha- I had um like a little ensuite with a bathroom and I had a, a walk-in closet where I got ready and I had this beautiful little setup for myself in a finished basement. So all of my clothes makeup, hair, all of my identity mm-hmm. was in the basement and it was under four feet of water. And, um, and it was, it was poop water. So I didn't want it back. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't
0: want my brushes. Brushes. I don't know if I would want flood water back to begin with,
1: let alone any other kind of water, but still, you know, it, oh wow. That's so, so sad. So some of my clothes were able to get saved because they had some lovely friends who, um, sanitize washed and sanitized, uh, some of my clothes, some of my clothes. I'm like, no, it's not going on my body. Um, but I did not realize how much grief I was in
0: mm-hmm.
1: over that. I, um, you know, I just, I got some, some makeup. I got a hairbrush. I got a few things. Um, I wore the equivalent of pajamas for six months. I wore leggings and tunics for six months. And this, and that was, so that was in the summer. And then I went through the winter, just like pajamas, (laughs) comfort clothes. And then spring came and I felt better. And then I was, and I realized I had nothing to wear. I had nothing. And it was all like browns and grays. And, um, and then I started coming out of grief and I was like, I didn't realize how hard I was grieving this. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just like one of my best examples of, grief you don't realize you're going through and um so when I realized that I was still processing grief as I started using the cypress um to help lift that grief because yeah I I got over part of me got over the fact that I lost all of my clothes and I lost all my jewelry too and it was Mm -hmm. just crazy um because I had a lot of wood jewelry and stuff and it didn't survive. And so I started using the cypress to help lift the grief because it grief is very heavy. So it can hang out in your aura. So mm-hmm. you might, you might be processing the grief and then it just like falls on you still. So cypress helps lift it away. Like, like yes. you're processing it, but it hangs out, hangs out like it's still going to be a party. And, uh, and you're like, no, the party's over. Go home. <laughs> Go home get away. <laughs> so, so Cyprus is the go home, the party's over, to all of your to that grief. It was um, just the shift was amazing.
0: I think that that's a really valid thing to kind of talk about as well. The fact that grief comes in many forms, and it, you know, we in society are told, oh, you can only grieve over somebody that's died or a breakup. That's it. Like you can't grieve over anything else. That that's mm-hmm. not socially acceptable. But truthfully, grieving over the loss of something, whether it be a home, clothing, yes, these things are big, but even something like your favorite bracelet broke. The mm-hmm. bracelet that you have worn for 20 years because, you know, wherever you got it, you know, your mom gave it to your dad, gave it to you, whatever it may be, that you've yeah. had for 20 years suddenly breaks. You're allowed to be in, in grief over that. You're allowed to be mm-hmm. upset by that. You're allowed to cry over that. You're allowed to have emotion and things like that. And I love how we've, you know, kind of brought this full circle about, you know, surrendering to it as well that and acknowledging that we're going through something. That's really really powerful. And I do like cypress. Cypress is a really great one for grief. Um another one that is really great too if you're, you know, going through some stuff that you just don't really know how to process is ginger oh yeah ginger is beautiful for that uh the other thing too is grief can store in organs like your liver um so if you're looking for something to kind of also help with that this isn't medical advice just for the record this is just you know a energetic kind of thing energy can store in all parts of our body um i find that grief and anger like to sit in my liver and so I, I will notice that because my liver, liver gets a little sluggish and I feel kind of crappy and all this and then I'm like oh okay and then I'll you know eat some ginger use some ginger essential oil or something like that and it will start to kind of help move out that energy in a specific way so again this is not medical advice this isn't you know we're talking about energy centers that's all mm-hmm. we're talking about not the actual physical body itself
1: right. oh yeah so. <laughs> it's it's I'm so glad you said that Brittany because I'm um. In in my own personal journey. I'm a little stalled in, in some of my stuff in my own personal journey. And you just reminded me. So I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm like, my all suddenly all my joints hurt. I'm doing all the right stuff. And I and I'm like, oh, I've been making um some big body changes for myself mm-hmm. and um letting go of a lot of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm to that, I'm to the next layer. Mm-hmm. I'm to the next layer and I'm like oh that you just reminded me that I'm personally so I I'm with you 100% that <laughs> we store stuff inside our body uh, yes. energetic stuff mm-hmm, um mm. and so as we're and making changes in our body uh whatever it is you you have I I have to deal with what's being released
0: mm-hmm.
1: if I don't deal with what's being released then I i go back i i reverse that change so there's a place for for that energy emotion to live yes it's true and that
0: kind of brings us full circle to the back to the beginning of our conversation that magic is all about alchemy and it's active and it's Mm -hmm. you're constantly transmuting things in your life to get better outcomes it's the same with energies that you might have absorbed or energies that you have created that kind of have taken up resonance in your body when we talk about cleansing you're just like oh i'm gonna cleanse from all of the icky that's out in you know the energetic world and it's like but we also can create that ick
1: Mm. so we're masters we are masters at (laughs) that
0: Make sure you are also cleansing of your own kind of thing and remembering that your energy that you're creating isn't also sending out, you know, obviously I know we're human and we get angry and we do all these things, but you're not intentionally sending out a lot of energy to just be a terrible human. If you're doing it to protect yourself, that's a whole nother conversation hexing is valid. We can talk about that all day long, but we're almost out of time. So we're going to wrap here. If you guys want to hear more from Jackie, Jackie, you're always welcome to come back by the show anytime. Uh, but fun. tell me, tell everybody where they can find your books, your Oracle deck, uh, decks. I don't know if you have more than one. You might. Um, But I only know the one because I read about it in your book and uh, where they can find all your stuff and how they can buy your candles because they're beautiful candles, everyone. So thank you. Do your spiel.
1: <laughs> well, you can find um, me and all ways to get to me at CoventryCreations.com. That's C-O-V-E-N-T-R-Y com. And I'm on all the socials. If you look up Coventry Creations or Coventry Candles in any social, you're going to find me. It's easier to find me that way than looking up my name because there's a lot of Jackie Smiths in the world. <laughs> um, the Big Book of Candle Magic is available on Coventry Creations. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and through many retailers around the country. I love, love, love my local retailers that have the Coventry Creations products. I encourage everyone to shop local. Find your favorite spiritual supply store. If the Coventry Creations candles aren't in there, ask for them and they can get them for you. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing. I love working with the stores and supporting local shopping.
0: It is a wonderful way uh, to not only support your local businesses, but also to you know, just kind of buff up your magical supplies. And obviously if you're somebody out there that's like, oh, well, I can't afford the really pretty candles. That's perfectly fine. If you can get a copy of Jackie's book, she will tell you everything that you need to do to take a very basic candle that you bought for 97 cents at Walmart to turn it into something absolutely magical. You can do it with any kind of candle that you've got. She talks all about it in her book. Everybody go buy a copy. I promise you, you're going to love it. Jackie, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. It was such a great time. You're going to have to come back by. We're going to have to talk more. And everyone, take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. And I will see you all next week. Bye, everybody.
1: Thank you.